And what's she? What happened? We're running low, low. Why? Let's see here, everybody. We are low. How low are we? We're so low. I don't even hear myself. Let me reset myself. Stand by, we are really, really low. Sentimental journey, sentimental. 
Why? It gets down totally low. Anyway, I uh, will see why. This is Wall and Huge, and 
I am here. And I think we'll really sound low, but some people think we're doing okay. We're going to play Dwayne Kilter monthly presentation here in Yesterday USA. But first, let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the station. Bless all the listeners and supporters. Thank you for the blessings we have. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, here is Dwayne Kilter monthly presentation. Hi, this is Frank Musseri, one of the original four lads. From Moments to Remember, listen to Dwayne on Yesterday USA. From deep in the heart of Texas, Classics and Curios presents Echoes of Songs and Laughter here on Yesterday USA. This edition of Echoes features old-time radio's classic American family on the Ozzy and Harriet Show from uh, November 21, 1948. For over 30 years on radio and television, Ozzy and Harriet brought us humor that was playful, gentle, and gracious. If we gave away any more than that, we'd put Santa Claus out of business. Send your questions to information, please, 480 Lexington Avenue, New York City. Now, sometimes our editorial staff may fix up or edit your questions a little. Nothing to worry about. In case of duplication, information, please, uses the question received first, and all questions become its property. Another thing, all questions we've received up to now will also be honored for use in the future and will be awarded the new prizes. And I'll light up a lucky strike because it's time for that Simon Agree of information, please, that literary critic of the New Yorker magazine, the man who pops the question every week, Clifton Fadiman. Mr. Fadiman. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Well, we have a new sponsor, Lucky Strike Cigarettes, to whom all hail, a handshake, and here's good luck to all of us. With the same old, unrehearsed, absolutely spontaneous, guaranteed ad-lib program some of you have been listening to for some time. And ladies and gentlemen, the board of experts, the regular experts, I mean, that board is familiar to you also. The irrepressible composer, pianist, author, motion picture actor, Oscar Levant. The sports expert, bird lover, poetry quoter, and anything and everything recaller, John Kieran. The verse writer and conductor of the New York Post's conning tower, the unique and only Franklin P. Adams, whose birthday, by the way, is today, Attaboy <laughs> Adams. <laughs> And our guest tonight is a man who is one of the brightest jewels in radio's crown, the inimitable humorist and airwaves philosopher, Fred Allen. 
Working tonight without Portland Hopper and without Kenny Baker to help him. Without answers, too. Well, you are. <laughs> this evening, he appears for us through the courtesy of Texaco. Now, remember the new awards. For each question missed, Lucky Strike rings up $25, which is paid out to the sender, plus 24 volumes of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Well, here we go on our first broadcast for good old Lucky Strike. And here comes a question from Neil Beaton of Beverly Hills, California. Now, if the authors of the following lines had been writers of popular song lyrics, uh, how would they have put it? For example, you perhaps know the uh, line of poetry, I'm monarch of all I survey. If a modern songwriter were to uh, put that in other words, Mr. Levant, what would he say? King for a day. That would be good, or I'm sitting on top of the world. But I was thinking about king for a day. Why only for a day? So I'm I wrong. don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of economical. Well, kings these days. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> kind of short-lived, you think? Well, that was just to give you the idea. Now, here's the first line, translated into modern lyric language. A jug of wine, a loaf of bread, and thou. What would a modern songwriter say? How would he put that? Mr. Levant. A cup of coffee, a sandwich, and you. That's perfect, I think. Very good. A cup of coffee, a sandwich, and you. A maid whom there was none to praise and very few to love. Uh, Mr. Kieran. All alone by the telephone might be one. All, All alone. J.C.E., the Radio Historical Association of Colorado. Well, I'm back. Let's see here. I'm going to eat a little bit of popcorn while for a couple minutes, and I've been busy working. Um, so let me put a little music, and I'll go grab a 50-minute radio show. Shall 
Guesses and neither of them count. Anyway, that's Doris Day. We got a 15 minute radio show from October 26, 1954. The Great Girls Week Show. NBC presents Willard Waterman as The Great Gildersleeve, written by John Elliott and Andy White. Nights a week, NBC brings you the transcribed adventures of the great Gildersleeve. Hello, folks. We're all here. Leroy, Bertie, Mr. Peavy, and all your friends in Summerfield. <laughs> here right now, though, we'd like to have you listen to a question that is being asked all over the United States about Viceroy cigarettes. Yeah? Hello, Bertie. Leroy. Hi, Unc. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> What's the matter, Unc? You know, work can get a little monotonous. Especially Saturday morning. Unc. Yes, Leroy? I was just telling Bertie I sure would like to go looking for acorns with you this afternoon. You were? You would? Yeah, I wasn't sure you really wanted to go at first. You well. We'll tramp through the woods all afternoon, just you and me. Took them home with a big bag of acorns on our back. Gee. Excuse me, I'll get the phone. Yeah, Leroy, are you sure you want to go? Well, there's nothing I'd rather do. And you need the change. Let's go out and pal around. You well. Yo, excuse me, Leroy. Oh, sure, that's okay. Stop looking at Mr. Gilsey's up to that phone. Who's that? Hey, it's Piggy and the gang across the street. I wonder what they're going to do this afternoon. Hello, Mary. Maybe Uncle forget about going for acorns. Could be. Leroy. Yeah, Do we have to go for acorns this weekend? Heck no. Hey, Piggy! <laughs> Nobody's being neglected around here. <laughs> Before a final word from the great Gildersleeve, here's a word for you. There's only one Groucho Marx, and the good news is that you can hear him tomorrow night in the funniest quiz show on the air, You Bet Your Life. You Bet Your Life is a 30-minute mix-up of questions, answers, and ad-libs by the irrepressible master of the ad-lib, Groucho. 
You may hear right answers, you may hear wrong answers, but one thing you can be sure of, you'll hear funny answers when Groucho and the contestants get together. Come on along and join the fun tomorrow with Groucho Marx and You Bet Your Life. And don't forget your other big Wednesday favorites. There's The Big Story to bring you a true and dramatic account of the newspaper world behind the scenes. Walk a Mile, an entertaining and informative quiz starring the popular Bill Cullen and Fibber McGee and Molly, your longtime favorites with another humorous adventure at Wistful Vista. And, of course, our own Gildy. Stay with NBC tomorrow and every Wednesday night for You Bet Your Life, starring Groucho Marx and an exciting lineup of other great shows. Every day, it's the best in listening here on NBC Radio. Did you have a good time this afternoon, Leroy? Yeah, we chose up and played football. My side won. Good boy. How about you and Miss Easton? Yeah, we took a little ride through the woods. Very pleasant. Not keen. The kids are coming over tonight to play ping pong, okay? Sure. I was going to take Mary to a movie if you didn't want to do anything. We understand each other, Unc. Yeah. Just leave Judge Hooker called. He did? He wanted to remind you of a very important Jolly Boys meeting tonight. Zeke, there goes my movie with Mary. Unc, maybe you should call him back and say you and I might want to do something together tonight and you've been neglecting me. Leroy, you are a pal. So are you, Unc. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> The Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman and is a transcribed NBC Radio Network production directed by Virgil Reimer. Included in the cast were Walter Tetley, Lillian Randolph, and Dick Legrand. Musical compositions by Jack Meekin. This is John Lang inviting you to listen again tomorrow night when The Great Gildersleeve tries to maneuver an invitation to the mayor's Halloween party. Here are the special program, Elections 1954, tonight on most NBC radio stations. And that was October 26, 1954, and thank you for letting me have a few extra minutes like snack and talk to Patricia. You got a snack? Uh-huh. You cheated? I had to. That's why I threw it in the 15-minute radio show, figuring I needed a little extra time. Oh, you rascal, and I thought when I tuned in, it was part of the last stuff. Well, the last stuff ended shorter than what I thought it should, so I just tacked on stuff. Gotcha. How are you? I'm fine. Oh, that's good. You sound a little different tonight. Do I? Yeah. In what way? Um, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of like you're off in a distance, but it's loud enough. I, I, and I told Bill earlier, it, it sounded that way to me, too. So hold on. Let me take my microphone and do a little giggy move off. Yeah. Okay, is this any better? It sounds a little bit better. Okay. What number do you have me set at? And then I will uh, to tell you better. Okay, you're at Frank. I'm at Frank? Yeah. <laughs> we don't need that, right? No, you know, you cut you in half. So you're down at Patricia level. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, there's, diff- there's, there's a difference between Patricia and Frank and that the ear setting. And my goodness, yes. Yes. Um, even though Patricia is prettier than Frank, too. I can Frank read. needs a megaphone and yeah. needs a thimble. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Sir Walden. How are you? We're doing good. It's been a long day. I've been looking at contract after contract, so yeah. oh, I'm so, go- so glad I get to be with you and the family, and I don't have to look at contracts for a while. So, so there. Well, that's good. Yeah. I clean my room a little bit, to threw papers away. Rup, Yep. Row. I was out looking at prices for things like 
oh, I, I didn't find any movie posters, but, you know, the, the kinds of things that our moms threw away uh -huh. and how much we would have in our pockets if they hadn't. And, of course, if they hadn't, then the things that are out there wouldn't be worth as much as they are. But whew, some of them are take-your-breath-away stuff. Are there any goodies that you had as a kid that you wish you had today? Yes, and I even saved them into my adulthood and then sold so many of these things, and it was for pennies. I mean, I didn't know how much they were worth, yeah. but I had um, dolls in boxes, and they were dolls of different nations, and I oh, had maybe uh -huh. a dozen of them, you uh -huh. know, one in a Scottish outfit and you know, a princess and a bride and, uh -huh. you know, um, in all sorts of different settings and a couple of others that, that I realize now were quite valuable. And I just let somebody say, well, this is what I think they're worth. And I should have said no, but that is past. So yes, I, I did have some interesting goodies that mm -hmm. I wish I still had today. And I could live for a couple of years on what I would have gotten for the little dollies. Oh. They were cute. That's too bad. And they were mint. I mean, I kept them in their boxes, and they were perfect. And you know, I had them up on shelves in the boxes. I never took them out of their boxes. So. Have you ever looked for them online? No, I don't wanna. I don't wanna. No, no, I have not. I should have just said no, Alden. I haven't done that. Anybody has some extra dolls that they want to send to Patricia, you can send it to Walden Hughes at 2527 Duke Place in Costa Mesa, California, 92626, and I'll hand deliver it to them. You are a piece of work. Yeah. You know, one night people are going to start doing things like that. They're going to send you money. They're going to send you dolls and food. And They, they have. They have sent me goodies like this that. Is, this is true. Shame on me. <laughs> From food to money to who knows what all. It's oh, my goodness. Well. And I haven't asked for any of this stuff, but we have such a big-hearted family that. What a family. Uh-huh. What a family they we wanna, have. They want to adopt us. Well, that's okay. I'm up for adoption. I know you are. I have papers right here, and all they need is a signature, and I'll run them to the lawyer's office immediately. You'll even do that on Sunday, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, I would. Yes, I would. Uh, be adopted. Mm -hmm. I have a happy birthday. Let's see. Let's see. Today's January 29th. Uh-huh. Well, let's see. I know tomorrow is our friend Conrad Bingham's birthday. He uh, he was Hank and One Man Family Junior Life of Riley. So, let's see. Who else do you have? Who do you know? Or who should we know that has a happy birthday? Well, it's not a person. It's Kansas. Happy birthday, Kansas. In 1861, on this date, January 29th, they became our 34th state. Jeff so it's happy birthday, Kansas. Just before the Civil War. Uh-huh. Wow. Very good. Very good. So we've never had a call from Kansas. Yeah, we have. We have? Uh-huh. Do I have a dot on my map? Where you should. Map? Let me find my map. Where, there you it is. should. It is. Tom, is so. will, you, will you call in and let you know that you, you are really from Kansas? I have Kevin, a dot on Kansas. Kevin, Tom, will you call just to, just to reassure Patricia that no, you're from Kansas? No, I have a dot in my Kansas. Tom, I'm very sorry. Happy birthday to your state, Tom. Yeah, 714, Tom, 545. <laughs> 
2071. Let us know that Kansas is alive and kicking tonight. Oh, see, now I'm just going to do it's stuff only, like read notes tonight. It's only 150 years old today. My brain is out to lunch, you know? No. And so I will forget took, things like, hi, Tom, you took from good, Kansas. You took good care of it. Yeah, I did, but unfortunately I didn't wake it up for tonight. <laughs> been tucked in and having some extra sleep in <laughs> Oh, well. So I am glad you are well. And if our family is out there and well, mm-hmm. you know, we've been starting late. And they're with us anyway. And just give it a heads up. Anyway, next week we... Uh, yesterday USA, well, actually the company that stream us, Live 365, is going to have maintenance. Saturday night, and so uh, we just don't know how long we're going to be on. We don't know what time we actually will start, you know, because we might be down for a while. Uh, they might be just coming and going for a while. Right. They're and, supposed to be finished by midnight, so that's not too bad. And, yeah, but sometimes uh, they roll them over, and it could be a, it could start late, and when ro- late, that have happened to us, too, so... Um, so Patricia and I will hang out. Yeah, we're just going to be hanging around. We'll hang around. We can always have a show, get some money us. Patricia and I can just sit here and just take calls and talk well, to you and, guys. And that's actually, we wouldn't know the difference. No. If we're not broadcasting, unless one of us is listening and talking at the same time. That's true. Which will be my job, won't it? Yes, it will. Uh-huh. That'll be my job. Uh-huh. I will listen. And otherwise, we wouldn't know if we were just talking to ourselves. So we have rescheduled our guests for next Saturday to the following Saturday because of the uh, the hiccup in the system for next Saturday night. Hiccup in the system. Next week, we were going to have Mr. Claire Schultz, who has two books out, one, Fibber McGee and Molly on the Air, which is a really great book that is also an episode guide. It gives you every piece of information you ever could want to know about each episode, but he really did some fine writing in there as well. And then he has a second book that was published in 2010 that I didn't know about. And bless his heart, he sent me a copy uh, to review after I asked him if he would be our guest again because he has been with us before to talk about Fibber McGee and Molly and about his book, Fibber McGee and Molly on the Air. And he sent this, and it was published in 2010, and he said maybe we could spend an hour or so talking about Fibber McGee and Molly and then maybe a little bit of time about the other book. And I looked at this, and I thought, my goodness, it's a compendium of articles, so there is nothing in here that's overwhelming. It's got oodles and oodles of photographs and publicity shots from various radio and television stars and shows. And it's just a wonderful uh, collection. It's 550-plus pages long. I mean, it's, when you buy this book, it is worth the money, I hope to tell you. So you can get it through Bear Manor Media, or you can... Now, I'm going to... Let me get out my piece of paper here, because I've got it in an email, and... Okay, well, I'll I'll tell you how to get in touch with him, and then I'll get some information about the... Oh, here they are. Here it is. He's got extra goodies. If you ordered a book from him, it will cost the same. But he will include an original arcade card, um, plus a Dixie Cup 
lid, and he sent one of each to me. Now, I had never heard of an arcade card. Have you ever heard of that, Walden? Uh-uh. I, I have not. Well, let's see. An original arcade featuring... It's um, just a, a, a nice quality stock. It's, um, you know, like light cardboard. Right. With a semi, with a glossy finish. It's not a glossy finish, but a semi-glossy finish of a movie star. And, of course, it's a print, but it's, it's an autographed. And then there's, this must be a Dixie cup lid of some sort. Um, let's see, it says, yeah, a Dixie cup lid. And this one has Shelly Winters on the inside. Um, Nelson's Cloverland ice cream. Mm. And this was an original uh, lid from an ice cream cup. And it doesn't look like it's been used, so it must have been factory-issued as a collector's item. You don't see any chocolate syrup on there, huh? Chocolate syrup on it. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's got one of those those little tiny cardboard tabs yep. that you pulled up, and it's not bent. So if it were pressed into the top of a cup, it would have been bent up so you could grip it. But anyway, this has Shelly Winters on it, and it says, Save any 12 Dixie picture lids. For a colored picture of me, see your dealer for instructions. So I guess you could find your very best actor or actress, mm -hmm. and if you saved 12 of these, you could get an autographed picture or a colored picture. So that's interesting. Anyway, whoever orders through Mr. Schultz is going to be able to not only get the book for the same price, but will also get these extra goodies, a premium, and the arcade card. I wonder where they got arcade cards. They're bigger than, it's bigger than a, um, like a bubblegum card. So it must be when you played arcade games, you could have won these things, maybe. I think? Now, I, I should have looked that up this week. I was going to do that, wasn't I? Well, you know, I wasn't going to ask you to do that at all. You weren't? You, were you going to tell me that you did it? No, I was just going to say, <laughs> I go going to say, because you were going to say, homework. <laughs> Homework? Yeah. I know. I said that all week last. I know. Might as well have just added to it. You know, but anyway. Let me see. Arcade cards. So anyway, you can get in touch with Mr. Schultz. It's S-C-H-U-L-Z. There is no T. And his first name is Claire. C-L-A-I-R. Male spelling. And his email address, you should remember this one, is wistfulvista79 at so, hotmail.com. Those of us who cannot spell Wistful Vista, how can we do that, Patricia? Oh, everybody spells Wistful Vista. It's W-I-S-T-F-U-L-V-I-S-T-A-79, the numbers 79, at hotmail.com. And he will tell you how you can make arrangements to get the book from him. And to have these nifty little goodies included in the book. It's, it's really neat. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Seven one four want to ring, ring, ding, ding. We are here. Arcade cards. Here we go. Arcade cards. Um, I, I think, is it okay if I ask someone to please call in? It's okay. Uh. What, what, what kick of vote? Family, can you raise your hand? That way I can count them. <laughs> if it's okay for Patricia to ask somebody to call in. Yes, it is. Now, let's just let's count everybody. Everybody raise your hand. Your left hand is easier for me to see. <laughs> uh, it looks like the eyes have it, Patricia. You can do that. Go right ahead. Hooray. Ralph 
Do not wait. We need to hear what you did with mistletoe this week. 714-545-2071. I hope he's listening tonight if he managed to stay with us and remembered that. Well, maybe he and Moose went out for the evening. Did that? Maybe he and Moose went out for the oh, evening. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph let out last week that since they were dating many years ago, Ralph gave his wife, Tony, the nickname Moose, and he sort of let it out of the bag last week, and I, you know, he announced it to the whole world. I know. I guess it's okay if you use it, but (laughs) (laughs) I would never use it. It still makes me go, oh, you're kidding. (laughs) I can't imagine anybody calling, well, anyway, Moose just doesn't fit the mental image Uh -uh. I have. Uh Uh-uh. It just doesn't. Uh Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, Ralph, you must be really special if Tony had been able to put up with that <laughs> He's <nickname>. still living. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Ralph, give us a call. We need to hear about the mistletoe adventure. Mm-hmm. 714-545-2071. Everybody give us a call. I've got some trivia questions. We have a theme tonight. I've got general questions. We've got Walden's Stump Walden question. First-time callers automatically get some old-time radio shows. You pick them, I send them. And what else? I have some quotes. We have quotes. I have some quotes. We can talk about what Patricia did this week. What? I don't know. I have to tell you that I got to the bank yesterday on time, which was... Oh, you know, you were going to tell the family what happened to you last Friday evening, but you never got... You can't tell them. Was it Friday? Yes, it was Friday. Oh, we could go Friday. Yes, it was Friday. Yep. Oh, I'll call in a little bit. I think there's somebody we know. Hello there, you're on the air. Hi, this is Dennis from Denver. (gasps) Oh, my goodness gracious. Hi, Dennis. Good evening, Dennis. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Good. It's quite warm here, at least by our standards. <laughs> How warm is it? Oh, about freezing. <laughs> How bad has it been? Oh, it's been a great year. No. How great is it? <laughs> the jet stream has been dumping everything on the East Coast. I, isn't that marvelous? I love it. For people, I mean, it just, its when I say marvelous, I don't mean it's really great. I mean, it's just a marvel that these strange weather patterns are all over the place. Did you do that? Did you send that stuff? Nah, I don't have that kind of power. <laughs> I, I did call with a specific question, though, because okay. I've listened to you. And I've also bothered Patricia with emails. Um, yes. But um, the life of Riley. Yes. Um, what does that mean? I've, I've heard people talk about living the life of Riley. Right. And I haven't been able to find anything that explains what that is. It means living a good life, um, a good life in the sense that you don't have an awful lot to do. Somebody else is out there mowing the lawn for you. Where does it come from? I, I don't know. I've always heard it, too. 
Well, as long as I'm out on Google, would you like me to look for it, too? Just keep talking. It's so good that you're well, calling in. This is such a treat for us. <laughs> well, I didn't want to make work for you. I just, <laughs> I just thought you guys well, would if I, know. No, I, if I do it now, I won't have to do homework. Gotcha. Well, you know, it, it, it must have ha it must have been coined before the radio show ever got started. Right. And, and let's face it, you know, William Bendix's life on the show was sort of chaotic at best. So I'm wondering, uh, the creator, Irving Brecker, look up the idea and uh, wrote it. But I, I assume he was trying to be funny. Yeah, I assume so, you're right. Yes, it is uh, defined as a state of bliss, contentment, ease, and good fortune. Ironically, the first radio show... The first radio series of Life Variety it was not that way. We don't have any recording from the first season, 42 to 43, but it was totally different, and they revamped it to the Life Variety that we know. Why so, don't we have any recordings? I don't know. I don't know, but all the write-ups about it was a totally different uh, viewpoint. So who knows? I don't know. I don't know either, but that's what it was. I, I was... Kind of right. You're just laying back, and everybody else is doing. Does it say when they started to coin the phrase? <clears throat> How far back it go, the, the life oh. of Riley will go back? All right. Let's see. Urban Dictionary. Let me see. Um, I don't know. Somebody wrote when I was a little kid. But it doesn't say how old he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> could have been that's that's yesterday. pretty good. <laughs> yesterday, you know. A little kid. All right, let's see. Web definitions for the life of Riley. Mm -mm, let's, we, we know that. We know that. We know that. Oh, Life of Riley is a pop song by the British band, The Lightning Seeds. Hello. The Lightning Seeds? Well, anyway. Um, if, if you would like me to do some homework, I will be happy to find out the origin uh, dictionary. Oh, here, here, wait, wait, wait. Dictionary.com sometimes. Origins, okay. 1920 to 1925-ish. Um, perhaps after the Riley mentioned in various songs that were popular around 1900, the best of the house is none too good for Riley. Oh, I don't, I'm not old enough to remember a 1900 song. No, but if it was in the song, it well, had a reference before that. None too good for Riley. Entomology, most likely from Patrick Rooney's 1880 song, Is That Mr. Riley? Now we've got a couple of others. Life of Luxury. I love this. Um, from the American Art. Heritage Dictionary, A Life of Luxury, and this is in quotation marks, Sheila found herself living the life of Riley after she won the lottery. Close quotes. The expression comes from a popular song from the 1880s, Is That Mr. Riley?, in which the title character des describes what he would do if he suddenly became wealthy. Would you like another one? <laughs> That's pretty good. This is good. Yeah. This is good. Okay, and this one's from the American Heritage Dictionary, again. Uh, but this one is idioms, and the other one was cultural literacy. We, we have become literate. Now we're going to get idiomatic here. 
Okay, an easy life, as in Peter had enough money to take off the rest of the year and live the life of Riley. Well, that part we knew. This phrase, oh, again, originally originated in a popular song in the 1880s, is that Mr. Riley, and it's R-E-I-L-L-Y in the song, um, by Pat Rooney, which described what its hero would do if he suddenly came into a fortune. How about that? I just bet you don't have a recording of that 1880 song. Say that again, please. I interrupted you. I just bet you don't have a recording of that 1880s song. Walden's got it. He's got everything. Walden, do you have that song? (laughs) I bet on the net. Oh, oh. I bet I know. I know, but I bet I bet it's on the net. Is that Mr. Riley? Okay, let me see if I can find it. People say I do live the life of life. Well, is it true? Yeah, well, I know you do. Yeah, I know. Let's see. Is that Mr. Riley? I really think it's been recorded and is on the net? Yeah. I, I, cause a lot of the... um Got to be. A lot of... The Library of Congress has been... um. Uh, been given the clearance to put up a lot of early, early music on the government website. And I don't know if they've done it yet, but a lot of those early 1920s and earlier songs are both to be up on, up and available for people to listen to. Huh. I'll have to take a look. Mm-hmm. Deep music. Let's see if the lyrics is that Mr. Riley. Um, I've got the lyrics. Will that help? You gonna sing? <laughs> I don't know the song. What a great idea! Let's have Patricia sing. I will just sit here and clap my hands. Okay, I'm Terence O'Reilly. I'm a man of renown. I'm a thoroughbred to the backbone. I'm related to O'Connor. My mother was Queen of China, ten miles from Athlone. Oh, that's in Ireland. Um, but if they'd let me be. I'd have Ireland free. On the railroads, you would pay no fare. I'd have the United States under my thumb, and I'd sleep in the president's chair. I love it. And the chorus is, uh, there's apparently a spoken line in here before you get to the chorus. I was walking across the Atlantic Ocean the other day, and as I was coming in the dock, a fellow says, is that Mr. Riley? This is the chorus now. Is that Mr. Riley? Can anyone tell? Is that Mr. Riley that owns the hotel? Well, if that's Mr. Riley they speak of so highly, well, upon my soul, Riley, you're doing quite well. That's the life of Riley. And there's more. <laughs> Do you want more? You don't want more. Nah. Nah. Enough. You've done. You've done fine. Done well. I've and done well. I want you to know. Yes. I've been listening to The Life of Riley for some years, uh-huh. and I always wondered, and I had heard, you know, people mention in really weird contexts, living the life of Riley, and I'd ask them what they meant, uh-huh. and they go, well, just a good life. Mm-hmm. A good life, yeah. <laughs> they were, they were, <clears throat> but it's nice to know. Well where it came from. (laughs) Well, it is nice to know where it came from. You're right. It really is nice to know, but I don't think it's going to get us any coffee in the coffee shop. But maybe we could entertain them enough to get a free cup of coffee. (laughs) How many people in here know what the life of Riley's origin was? And what was it? If you've seen the song, you might. And Well, I'm asking if you were both listening, what was the origin? 
was from an 1880 song mm-hmm. that you just read the, read the words from. And the song is? That's Riley. No. Uh-oh, you better tell us again. I know. Is that Mr. Riley? Is that Mr. Uh-huh. Riley? Let me get my pencil uh-huh. and pull that down. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys are too much. This uh-huh. is fun. Um, do you have a good Life of Riley collection of, of um, radio shows? Nope. I just listen to whatever is offered, you know, by the various people that produce it like you guys do. Well, I have... A- I'm, I'm way into free... <laughs> You're way into free? Well, I'm I'm about to give you free, and I do have a really nice collection of The Life of Riley as of last week. I found life, I found Riley last week, and um, I bundled him up, and now he's part of my collection, and I've got a whole bunch of other stuff, too. Is there something in particular you, you like in old-time radio that I could put together for you, maybe? Um, hmm? Do you like, or do you like, do you have... The Halls of Ivy? Yes, I do. Oh, I'm so glad you asked for one that I could say yes. I love those guys. You like Halls of Ivy? They are so cute. Mm-hmm. They are. And I just listen. Walden, I should have written down the name of the show. I just heard a show, and I think it was one of the escape shows. I was doing sound checks on all of the shows before I dropped them on a CD for somebody. And I heard Ronald Coleman in a couple of them. Probably so. He did a lot of those types of shows, especially for suspense. I didn't know he did any for escape. But I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's what I was listening to. And, of course, I mean, you know how good my ears are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll say, oh, yes, that's that. And you'll say, no, Patricia, that's not the one. So I, he's got a pretty distinctive voice, or he had a pretty distinctive voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was his real wife, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Benita Hume and him were married, and... Uh, um, he was he was very reserved. She was the very outgoing one that people that knew them. Uh, he was the outgoing one. She was. How interesting. She was the out, she was the outgoing. He was very he was somewhat quiet, in in private life, but uh, with her around, it brought it brought a little more the sparkles out for him. Oh, and, that's uh, so nice. Yeah. Just, they they were magic together. They were. I agree with you. They, they were. just clicked. Their daughter. They had one daughter. Uh huh. Who lives in Spain in a castle? Oh, <laughs> she, love it. She she married a a painter, uh-huh. and they live in a castle. Um, and you know, they were really they. I I totally agree with that. It's one of the classy shows of old time radio. It's definitely written for people who appreciate uh, gentle humor and. They did not dumb down the audience in that show. No, they didn't. No. No, they didn't. You are so right. And they just, it's, they, honest to goodness, they couldn't, you couldn't fake something like this. And I agree with Dennis. They were just so cute together in that show. You could tell they really loved being together. Yes. Well, you know who did That's the audition? That's what I liked about it. You know who did the audition? One of Patricia's favorite actors. John Dana? No. The other one. Who? Who? Somebody you always talk about. Oh, Oscar Levant, but I don't I know. think no. <laughs> Who else do I talk about? 
It was it was done by Gail Gordon. <gasps> no kidding. Yeah. Oh, no, he would not have been. Well, maybe he was, would have. Gail it, Gordon yeah, would do Gail anything. Gail Gordon and Edna Bess. Edna Bess uh, was a movie actress who later, during your favorite run of Sherlock Holmes, she was the director for Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. One of the very few women directors in radio. Hmm. And then she was married to the movie star Herbert Marshall. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, and so she they the audition was Gail Gordon... And Edna Bess. But they didn't quite have the sparkle with Ronald and Benita. Yeah. yeah. Now, Herbert Marshall did the announcing on one of the spooky. Yep. Oh, oh, don't tell me. I'll tell you before the Herbert night. Herbert <laughs> Marshall and Ronald Coleman served in the same military army together in World War One in England. Huh? Herbert Marshall lost a leg in World War One. I. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Dennis, did you know any of this stuff? Nope. You're still with us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. There was I'm... there for a second. I thought we lost him. So how did you find Yesterday USA, Dennis? Oh, it's a very long story. Tell me. Um, about 15 years ago, mm-hmm. the Sci-Fi Channel started doing... Some radio plays and they kind of lost interest in it I guess there was no commercial value and so I just searched around the internet and I found radio spirits and um, then I kind of lost interest because they started um, editing the shows Mm -hmm. the guy who was there decided to remove all mention of cigarettes. Oh, gee. So he chopped everything up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, okay, take the commercials out if you want, mm-hmm. but he got to one show. I think it was like Nick Carter, one of those detectives, and he was explaining the show in the epilogue um, to the cigarette girl. Uh-huh. And he ended the show and said, well, there's no way I could edit out all the mention of cigarettes, so we're just taking out the epilogue where he explains how he solved the crime. And I go, okay, I'm not listening to this anymore. Oh, wow. And so I looked around some more and I found Yesterday USA, and you guys have been great. Oh, it's so great. You were, I have to tell people, um, Early on, when Walden and I were first together about a year ago, the phones weren't ringing, and I'd say, Walden, do you think there's anybody out there? And Dennis finally sent me an email and said, there are peeps out here, just to reassure me that there really was somebody out there. And I just loved getting that email. Thank you so much for sending it. I'm amazed you remember it. You have a mind that is amazing, because that was... That was at least a year ago. But it was great fun. I mean, and I I remember there are peeps out here. You put the word peeps in the title. And I just thought that was so great that you did that. And I bet there are lots of peeps out there listening. I think there are some peeps out there because every once in a while we will get a new family member who calls and he or she will say, well, you know, I've been listening for a while, but I didn't want to call in. 
One of them was Dennis, who said, I've been listening for a while, but I don't want to call in. <laughs> and you did. This is great. Do you, want, do you want a question? If you answer a question correctly, I can send you another show. Oh, God. Oh, can I risk it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not like $100,000 and you have to wager it. I mean, you've got nothing to lose she, here. She, she will not take away the whole survivor. She'll give it. She'll not that. take away <laughs> <laughs> this is not double or nothing. This is not double or nothing. Okay. Are, are okay. you hanging on? I love free. There you go. Hey, that's a, it's such a good word. I agree with you. Boy, I am I am the I'm like Velcro when, when it's buy one get one free at the supermarket. Wherever I'm stuck in the aisle, that's where the buy one get one free is. People can find them just by following me. Okay, here it comes. Alright. We'll give you a life of Riley question. Uh-oh. Oh, you know this one, I bet. Where did the Rileys live before moving to California? I have no idea. How, how does, when when Riley talks, what does he sound like? Oh, Brooklyn. <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. It doesn't take much of a hint. Poor Riley. Yes, Brooklyn. Yeah, he was even a member of that club. Yes, Bob. Walden, do you remember what it was? The B B O P T B. I mean, it's just a whole string of letters. Do you remember? No. The Brooklyn. Uh... Brooklyn Patriots. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking when you asked that question, Patricia, at the Christmas show from 47, when uh, Riley and... and uh, his wife got married, and they didn't have any furniture. Right. And they, so they wound up uh, putting the payment in, and they missed the payment. So they wound up sweeping in the uh, store window, because that's where the furniture was at. I don't think I've heard that show. <laughs> okay. I've not listened to a lot. Um, I don't know, maybe a couple of dozen of Riley's. December, and, tw uh, December 20th, 1947. 1947. Okay, well, I will put that on my list. Okay, so now we're back to free, Dennis. Free. Can you say free, boys and girls? Mm-hmm. What would you like? Uh, how about the six-shooter? Oh, I've got the whole run of the six-shooter. That's a good choice. Oh, gosh, that's a great show. That is a great show. It was an awesome show. It was. Um, but I thought I'd tell you one other thing that you might be interested in, and maybe your audience, too. I don't know. But um, the reason I first got interested in listening to old-time radio was also because of my dad. And he died before we ever talked about it. But uh, from time to time, he would say things like, the shadow knows, or things like... Uh, did he ever use Ain't Funny McGee? Did he what? Ain't Funny McGee. Did he ever use that one? No. 
My, my mother, but I love that line. Yeah, it's a great line. My mother and grandmother used to say, this looks like Fibber McGee's closet, and I had no idea what they were talking about. Your dad's yeah. But, uh, well, over time, uh, now that I've had an opportunity to listen to some of these old-time radio shows, the remarks that my mom and dad made, uh-huh. I now understand them, mm-hmm. and I feel closer to them. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, it, it has been for me. Yeah. And it, it gave me some insight into what they were trying to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> like, all of all of those comments they made when I was doing things that maybe I shouldn't have been doing, huh? um, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was just cool. You know, there's something a whole lot more ominous about hearing the shadow knows as opposed to Santa Claus is watching. You know, essentially the same thing is happening, but boy, Santa Claus sounds a whole lot friendlier than the shadow. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. <laughs> I'm 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 still not sure I know what that one means, but conceptually I understand. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. I mean, you really had to be having a good time after dinner to write that line. Walden, who wrote that line? Do you know? Well, I'm actually sure one if it really came from the Bible, without me looking it up. I don't know, but as long as I've got Google in front of me. Yeah, I know, but you know. Um, of crime, and I'll I will put in Bible and see if that comes up too. I don't know, but it just is is. But the weed of crime bears better fruit. Somebody might have coined it. Well, you know, another you Dennis uh, pointing out famous phrases. You know, a, a term from the Fred Allen show uh, that Santa Claghorn. That a joke, son. That became a popular phrase for a while. Mm-hmm. And I imagine there were people that kept that going forever. Um, Joke. Nope, I'm not finding it associated with the Bible, although... Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, well, okay. Okay. Well, well, maybe you can do a bigger... In a forum, somebody said, the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. Right. And the shadow said, the weed of crime Fine. bears bitter fruit. Right. So, there's a biblical connection. Right. It doesn't actually appear. But, you know, it's probably written in literature, though. Well, let's see. Oh, Dennis, aren't you glad you called? <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit origin. It says, not the first Friday, July. I don't think it's a comic book. Where in the. He's got tons of oak trees, and he's uh, he was really glad to hear about the idea of shooting down the mistletoe because he's he's worried about his trees. Worried about it? Well, if, you know, if it's been there for a long time and the trees are are aging, I guess they could be at risk. Oh yeah, well yeah, it, it, most of the trees here where where I live.